Hey guys, welcome to Do Good Podcast. And in today's episode, I've got a lovely interview lined up for you with Julianne Steele from the company Unclutter Your Life. Anyone who has listened to this podcast would have heard me talk about the idea of minimalism, decluttering and simplifying our lives and, and how I've applied some of them into my life. So it felt like it was a really good time to, for me to sit down and to, to talk to someone who's a professional declutterer. And that's exactly what Julianne is. She goes into people's homes. She really helps them to get a great understanding of why they're hoarding and you know what's the root cause of it and then help them to clear the spaces up and so they can sort of like feel free of that burden of you know too much stuff and I think we can all relate to that in different ways where you just got a full cupboard full of stuff or you know you've got things stacked everywhere and it's time to understand why have we got these things so we delve into a lot of this and Julianne's got great experience herself and from the outside looking in, had the perfect life, yet, you know, on the inside, it wasn't, um, she wasn't feeling like she was living the true self, and, and in, in a way, um, she was just living the life that other people had sort of projected onto her. But, you know, she managed to to see this and to, to transform it, so this episode has got all about her story, but just really delves deep into how we can all start to embrace the idea of simplifying and to uncluttering our space, and she's got loads of great techniques, she's got some brilliant book recommendations along there as well so and we start off by uh, Julianne talking about you know the news and the negative effects it can particularly have and the negative side of journalism and and all that and how you know we want to shift away from that and and start to see the brighter side of life let's get into today's episode I've I've not tended to pick up the newspaper because it's often felt really negative like negative reporting and 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 a lot of it's about, you know, getting reader um, drama. And and I kind of like to hear sort of like positive examples of, you know, yeah, there's, it's been a struggle, but, you know, um, let's hear what, what happened after that. Was there a positive outcome apart from the kind of like doom and gloom? I think for me, I, I find that a lot of people are, are, are interested in the the kind of downside and the, the kind of when things are going bad for people, but hearing happy news and positive stuff is maybe not comfortable for people. Yeah. And that's exactly what I've, um, my aim is with this podcast is because there's so much good happening in the world. And if you just switch on the news and that's where you're getting your, your information from, then you know, it's going to be very limited and also it's going to put you in a, in a negative mindset and you're going to think the world's a scary place when actually it's not a scary place and there's so many amazing things happening all over the world, mm. yet it, it doesn't get the attention it deserves. So I aim with this is to, you know, to, to speak with people who, things that I'm interested in, like for instance, Feng Shui and decluttering and simplifying your life, mm-hmm. which is what you're doing and, and sharing that message because I think it's it's got a lot of value and it's also very empowering for people. When people start to make changes in their life and they see the effects, it's just, it really lifts you. And you can see that actually I'm, I'm the one in control. Of course, we've got a lot of baggage and trauma to release at times, but we don't have to play the, um, the poor me card as much anymore. We can basically feel like... Yeah, and that change is inevitable and, and it's not something that, a lot of people feel comfortable with and and that really is at the heart of a lot of my clients in terms of their uh their stuckness um 
and this kind of living in the past um, and not being able to transition into the present and into the future um, and living out the past. Um, uh, and, it's, and it's really about the kind of the deep rooted fears um, about making changes. Yeah, absolutely. And I've had a lot. I've had a lot of changes in my life personally. You know, from a very young age, um, I would say that things have been constantly changing, and they were constantly moving, physically moving, um, and in terms of moving house quite frequently as I was growing up, and. Um, and also moving in my sense of uh, finding out who I am and where I fit in. And I, I was trying to think about how my childhood and my uh, family life now reflects the work that I'm doing. And I, 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 I think I've been processing like where I came from and where my sense of belonging has been for a long time. Um, and what I attach to that really along the way, uh, I mean, I, I, I come from a working class family, um, and I hadn't really thought about that, um, and what that, what that means in terms of how I'm, how I'm perceived. And it's more more recently i've thought about the the kind of a, attachments that people and sort of labels that people put on on you as you're growing up or or on your your kind of um your upbringing so i i came from a working class parenting mum and dad dad you know really my dad's a greengrocer um really hard working um not not educated um uh didn't didn't do further education didn't didn't go on to to university and and my mum the same but then i was kind of given quite a middle class uh childhood sort of from around like the age of 10 and it and it kind of like it evolved naturally, um, so the the hard work and the kind of financial gains that came with with my dad's endeavours gave us what I would then kind of reflect on as a, a middle white middle class background. So, you know, I I was sort of taken from the East End where my parents, where I was born, where my parents um, grew up, to a much more sort of affluent um area and given you know a, and then a different type of education so i was given initially a private school education um a, a traditional sort of girls school and then um which really didn't fit feel like it fitted well with me um, and there was a bit of an internal struggle but sort of from i'd been to a local primary school growing up with with um in a multi, kind of quite a multicultural 
area in East London, um, and then moving to a predominantly white, wealthy um, place and school. Um, and um, I didn't really feel comfortable. And then I left that school and I went to a, a, um, a, another private school, but a performing arts school. And, and then that sort of transported me into a whole different um, uh, kind of arena of people. And this kind of feeling, so with this came house, you know, a house move, several house moves. Prior to that, there were several other school changes as my parents began to move from an area um, which I look back now as, as a mindset of bettering, you know, when people better themselves. It's like, what does that mean? You know, as a child, I, I didn't really didn't really connect with what that meant. But but now processing that, it, it was this way of um, gaining a, um, a bigger home, um, um, an area where um, people were of like-minded mindset, you know, education. Um, but I didn't know if I fitted in, in either or, in either the, the kind of coming from working class roots or, or then being in this kind of like, this different realm of like, you know, our house became bigger. Um, uh, we had more luxurious holidays. Um, the car got updated. Um, and we were surrounded by people of a similar lifestyle. Um, and, and then I think about how you know, what I tried to emulate as my own family life when I, you know, became married and, um, and sort of went into adulthood. And I think what I, at the time in my 20s, thought was successful in terms of a, a successful life was, was linked to what I what I could show people, you know, what, what materially it looked like. And um, I think honestly that I've really struggled with that and not really knowing where I, where I belonged. Did I belong in this camp or did I belong in a place where things really looked really successful, but they didn't feel it? And I think that was probably uh, a time when I started to reflect about what has meaning and what is meaningless. Um, and then the meaning, I started to question whether having, you know, this, this kind of really on top or what was on top really looking like a great life of, of success, it felt quite meaningless. I think now, as as um, as an older, as I'm, as I've got older, um, you know, like in my late forties now, almost fifty, um, I've really gone around sort of like in a full circle because how I'm living now, in terms of, um looking successful it may be um 
questionable whether um, living in a small, you know, in a small flat with, you know, a, um, a regular car and um, being single and, you know, being self-employed, that is that is that successful? And it is to me because um, it feels like a very much more authentic place to be. So it's, it feels like I've taken what I needed to see and what I needed to, to kind of, um, what I thought it might look like um, based on my own upbringing and my own childhood. Um, and as I, as I became to, to feel more um, authentic, um, I realised that a lot of the things that I had in my life were actually making me feel quite, quite burdened um, and quite hard to, to achieve, you know, to maintain, to keep them up. So I think that kind of was a, I don't know if it was a crunch point, but I think my inspiration um, for doing the work that I do actually came out of a, a moment of desperation. I, I, it was a financial um, fear that um, I'm, I'm newly divorced and I have three children and um, what, what am I going to, um, what am I going to do that will enable me to, to be, to live financially, to, to, you know, to, to be able to do things. Um, but, but also, um, how am I going to do that with purpose? You know, what, what is my purpose? And I don't know where I read this, but it, I think the night before I, I went to sleep and then woke up, you know, in the kind of witching hour was that I'd, I'd read, been reading something about purpose and um, it, I think it may have been like the beginning of the year, like January, February time when um, people start thinking about their goals and, and um, I just remember thinking that I needed to write down, you know, what it, what it was that I actually, what, what have I achieved? What are the things that I'm good at? And how can I link them into some kind of work? Um, and I've always, you know, I've always been fascinated by, um, by people, by, by people's characters and, and how, that, how that reflects in the things that they do. And I think from, and, and I've been a very deep thinker. So from like a really young age, like around like four, um, both my parents used to say that, they would notice me kind of withdrawing um, and just sort of sitting and gazing out the window on a car journey, you know, a very sort of silent kind of solitary way of, uh, for a young child. And I think the deep thinking has been about trying to make sense of people and like how human beings are, are living and interacting. And that was from a very, very, sort of young a small sort of child I'm and I think when I went into the performing 
the drama sort of side and the performing side of my young life um, when I went to stage school again that was about being able to be somebody else and understanding what it's like to be somebody else um, and why you know what why we're all so very different like what what's kind of like the the link between us all and I think that I was looking for a purpose and searching for that from from a young age so that the material side of my life just wasn't going to kind of cut it that there had to be something more but the more that people had in terms of their their stuff and their their kind of attachments the more people didn't seem to be happy and it kept on coming back that thought um and i and i resonated because i thought you know when i had the most in my life i was probably the most unhappy um so the process i think was about not 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 taking everything away but certainly taking and removing some of the layers of um attachments to things um and seeing what was underneath it and that is probably one of the hardest things I find in my work people can't do is they, they, they see the immediate physical clutter and it's an outward manifestation of the internal clutter. And they initially get in touch with me to kind of remove the kind of external distractions, like seeing, you know, um, messy surfaces and overflowing wardrobes and, in inbox emails you know just kind of like building up and and it's it's the it's usually the external things that initially people want to just to look at and and either put into order and organized or or actually completely you know get rid of you know and but then when the work gets really interesting is when you get into the emotional uh, fears and the emotional attachment that people have to the idea of themselves and what they are supposed to be and and how and and what where they're supposed to kind of um, fit into society in terms of status and 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 it feeds a lot of different types of clutter. It kind of it feeds into kind of aspirational clutter and um, ego clutter and sentimental clutter. And I think fundamentally what most people get to the root of themselves is that deep down they don't feel good enough. They, they don't feel worthy enough somewhere from way, way back, you know, to the, the kind of early first years of life is they're seeking a connection and a relationship with which is you know very much a part of of how we come into the world is is that's a given that we're seeking a connection and a relationship but along the way you know most people come up against situations where they're criticized or they're you know a they're they're in in a situation where they're not um, their needs aren't met um, on lots of different levels. You know, um, 
our fundamental kind of home life is is often reflected on in in the clients that I work with and that sense of being really really deeply loved and accepted for who you are um, as as you transition you know through through to, to kind of the teenage years and and whether that because you didn't receive that validation that outside of yourself there's this this need to create something which basically covers up your insecurities and it and it and it is very much a part of um if you see somebody and you know they're they're on the outside looking like they have the the kind of trimming of a successful life i mean one of the classic kind of comical um male kind of ego clutter is the size of the car that you drive or the kind of branded label of the car that reflects that you've done well for yourself uh, and and sometimes that's the only thing that a particular man might have to show for his worth and it's so outward and it's such a visual expression of of the ego and the kind of status symbol that that reflects but and there's a book called the man who sold his ferrari i don't know if you've ever read it but it's a really interesting book that the the kind of clutter industry as it's evolved is actually quite female currently but a lot of us um and particularly myself are coming in contact with so a lot of other professional organizers and um declutterers are coming actually in contact with a lot of their clients being more more male than female so i think that's really interesting and i'm actually working with two different um, men at the moment dealing with very different aspects of their clutter but they have both reflected on these kind of deep deep rooted feelings of not quite being enough and then what they have gone on to do in order to create a person of enough you know um and that's been very reflective in in their lifestyles and um and also in their sadness um you know not feeling like they've achieved um a level of financial security um maybe not having achieved you know a really successful relationship um with another person and um and that's on the increase and also um this feeling of emptiness a kind of a kind of stagnant energy that rests within them it's it's i mean it's 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 really difficult to hear how how depression has gripped men in in the last decade yeah and if i can just um you know step in there from you know the male perspective and it can feel like from such an early age that you know you it's kind of imprinted that you have to go out in the world and then you have to be successful but then you also need to provide for the people around you for your for your wife for your for your children you need to be holding things together 
And then also there's the other side of it, yeah, where you're saying, you know, the worth can only come from what that external looks like. Yeah, from my own perspective, no matter what you've got, it's never enough because there'll always be someone with a fancier car than you. There'll always be someone with a prettier wife. There'll always be someone with a nicer wardrobe. And it just means you're just on that constant hamster wheel. Mm. And it's so exhausting. It's so draining. It's so damaging for my health. And when we get, as you touched on early on, it, you know, a lot of it's just all rooted in our conditioning, but rooted in our ego. And it'll ne- the ego will never be satisfied because it will always see something. Um, but as you're saying, and as, and as for my own experience from the past few years, I've really decluttered in my life. Once you start to let go of them things and you realize that them things are just papering over the cracks and yeah. until you let them go, then you can only really start to see your true self and you can maybe begin to work on your true self because you can see what's underneath it all and maybe why you're doing it. You're doing it because of a traumatic childhood. You're doing it because of, you know, anything and everything so it definitely becomes this self-reflection for us Mm. all and it's great that you're saying that more men are taking an interest in this now because Mm. yeah it's a it's the right time for it yeah i think this split as well between families um which splits a financial pot into two and i think that sense of not being able to look beyond that and and i think Essentially, um, the connection between people is fundamentally what I believe we all are seeking. But when there's a split, unless you, unless we look at what that the split is and how it's affected us just as individuals, not as part of a couple, or or even you know, parents that kind of have a split from their children. In, in divorce situations. Unless we actually work out what went wrong and our part in it, we, we won't go on to, to achieve good connections in the future. And I, I think particularly men are feeling at the moment the pressure of having to, to do and be everything. I mean, equally women can... I think we're in a bit of a a women's kind of movement at the moment where where we're kind of feeling more held um, in terms of our our place in the world. And I think men aren't feeling as supported. And unfortunately, because of divorce, you know, men often find themselves very solitary. You know, women will, will, mothers will usually retain the the family home and often the children um, on more of a full-time basis. So there's like a real hole in, in a man's uh, future. And from the recent clients that I've had, this kind of, this, this sort of hole becomes an actual hole, like a, a dark hole that they go into and, and become very reflective of what is the meaning of life? What is it all about? You know, you know, sometimes the pressure of, of having everything actually drives two people apart in a relationship because they're focusing on getting more, getting more, having more, being more, looking more successful. And 
that pressure I know I felt we we both felt during our marriage um which kind kind of changes you as a person you know um it it changes your well-being your physicality the tension and the stress and the pressure and often this kind of like overdoing you said about being on a hamster or you know I really resonate with that just keeping going on and going on and going on and and losing sight of actually what the meaning is of of being together because it all seems it feels like the pursuit of happiness is about possessions I personally feel that the less I have the more richer I feel so my riches have come from within and my life has been more enriched because I have had less financial bars to reach to maintain by having a a more manageable size home and a less expensive car to run and less clothes to make decisions about in the wardrobe um, and more opportunities to be spontaneous and I've had more time to think about what what is my priority you know when I when I'm earning money and it's an opportunity to think about how do you spend that and I reflected for myself that I wanted to be working and fulfilling my purpose not to have more money to buy things but to buy experiences to have the opportunity to to have an education which I didn't have you know so I've kind of bought myself my education now later on in life in more of a traditional sense um because I feel that will underpin my work so I'm training um currently in training uh to be an integrative psychotherapist um or counsellor it could the, the branch the path can go either way um and I've come to it quite I think I've come to the party quite late in life um but you, that, you may, you know, you may have come to it, perceived to be come to, to it late, but, you know, there'd be many people who you say, you know, you're in your late forties now, but there'd be many people who wouldn't have made that shift when you made that shift and they'll still be living that life because of, they feel like they have to keep on going with stuff. And yeah. And I think, um, interestingly, sometimes people don't have the choice when they, change it because something comes along like a wake-up call and forces them to make a change like divorce forces you um often to relocate you may lose your home you your income may be slashed um you may have to go back to work you may have to to change your work um to adapt to your new family dynamics um or you get sick. Um, often people, the wake up call is that sense of when your health becomes a, dan- uh, a danger or um, really there is, there, there really isn't anything else because without your well-being and your health, you don't really have very much else 
Um, and when I say about well-being, I think your mental well-being is your most fundamental building block to the rest of your the rest of your decisions that become important in your priorities without that that mental well-being that sense of knowing yourself and um accepting yourself uh for where you are now um that is a really good place to start from and and sadly we are gripped in 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 the last i think probably the last 5 years since since um hoarding um has become a uh a recognized mental health disorder um hoarding you know an a more extreme um very very difficult uh, mental health behavior to to really unpick and unravel um and it can begin as being chronically disorganized uh which is usually because there's been some trauma some disconnection in your life um personal life working life um losing a, a family member um or losing a sense of yourself um through circumstances or through um through illness um and i think since around 2014 we are really facing um and i'm sensing um a lot more people are recognizing that they have depression and that they have anxiety and where that sits in the body and then the 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 manifestation of that is is that you have a, a an ailment of something you know something something comes to you as a sign that you're not in you're not in line you're not aligned with your true self and i i there was one one amazing book that i was introduced to nearly 30 years ago um which i always come back to around um around affirmation about um being good enough and feeling good enough genuinely feeling well is the book by Louise Hay which is you can heal your life and um i came across that in my late teens early 20s and i had absolutely no idea about the connection between thought and and an action um, and how that manifested itself in the body or um or that the the sense of um stagnant energy that comes from kind of really not 
doing what you want to be doing, you know, um, that kind of stuckness. Um, and when sometimes I talk to clients and they say, I just can't seem to get going, um, I'm, I'm procrastinating. And then when we, we have a session and they get really quite angry because they're like, why couldn't I have done this? Why could I not have just cleared that wardrobe out? Why do I need you to be here? So there's like a sense of, of um, frustration. It's like, and I, and, I, and I relate that to when, when you really want to do something and you look at your, your kind of list of priorities and your daily schedule, you know, we've all only got 24 hours in a day. Nobody is more privileged. It, you know, it, it just is a given. But how you prioritise those 24 hours and what is, your, what is on top, what is your priority, is what you really, really want to do. And I feel that when people are stuck um, in all these different areas of their life, it's really about getting truthful and transparent with what do you really want to do? And if you're not doing it, the question is, why, why are you not doing it? it? It's because you don't really, really want to do it. A simple kind of vision that I'm get, thinking of or look, is coming up to me is that, you know, when, when there's a massive pile of ironing, you know, it's like, well, why is the ironing so piled up? You know, well, deep down, I don't really like ironing. So I don't really want to do it. So it's accepting that, okay, if I don't want to do it, it's not going to go away. I've either got to pay somebody to do it and just, and then free up my time to do what I really want to do. Because, you know, when we feel tired and de-energized and then someone suddenly says something um, or would you like to, you know, to come and, you know, join my photo shoot? Um, and suddenly you're energized. And it's like, yeah, I really would like to do that. So literally a moment ago, I was feeling so tired and so, so kind of like stagnant and not being able to get going. But the, the minute you tap into what you really want to do, suddenly there's your energy. Yeah. Like magic. Like magic. Um, Really, that is such a brilliant thing to say. Um, so it's always it, there, isn't it? The energy is always there within us. It's just, yeah, we're not, we're not getting excited. As soon as you get excited, that seems to be a bit of a key for me. That level of excitement, it just it lifts you. You're like, yeah, of course, I'll do that. It just pulls you along. Yeah. So then when people feel stuck with, with everything else around them, it's about breaking down those areas of their life that is stuck. Um, I mean, just looking at somebody's wardrobe, you know, and, and having lo loads and loads and loads of clothes, but actually not liking any of them and not, not, and saying you've got nothing to wear. Yeah. Um, so sort of being, maybe not really identifying with how you want to look, um, and, and that might have changed from 10 years ago. You know, that wardrobe might, may not reflect your life now. It may not reflect your work. It may not reflect your style. It may not reflect your, your age. 
and your shape and and some of that's about accepting that you know as we get older we change um our skin color changes our our figure changes our hair changes and that it's time to kind of get back in touch with you know who am i what how do i want to look you know does this wardrobe need revamping um am i looking at all these clothes and they i i don't want to wear any of them because they don't really truly reflect who i am um so the areas of stuckness everything's energy you know you know we know that um and i think that getting back in touch with that is about removing what is in the way which is often big kind of what may seem like mountains of clutter it could be commitment clutter it could be that you've really got so many commitments obligations and things that you've committed to doing that you don't really really want to do anymore you want to come off that committee you want to stop being you know on the parent teacher association um you you want to maybe reduce the the commitment that you have to friends you know that circle of friends that maybe maybe people have moved on maybe they've outgrown each other you know um but you feel obliged to kind of always answer the phone to uh somebody that you know that friend is going to drain you uh i think there's another element into it all as well which is feeling like um we have to do it all ourselves um and that weight and i think maybe it's a you touched on a bit of a male thing where you said you know like um they will come round and it take it took you to help them to clear the wardrobe and i think there's an element of feeling like we have to do it all ourselves and we have mm-hmm. to take everything on and and actually a big part of this is being open to asking for help and and just and being vulnerable vulnerable mm-hmm. and accepting mm-hmm. that why not ask for help it's it's not a weakness in fact why not lean it's on other people's strength. skills yeah it is a it's really true rob it is a real strength to i mean we had mental health day yesterday i nobody can do it all on their own i mean you know if we go back to being very very primitive times and look at like packs of animals and people you know the hunter gatherer uh there's there's parts in all of us that we bring together um as a team so that we create more of a wholeness um to our lives where and i think one of the things which uh clients often take a long time to accept is that they need to have some kind of accountability but that but there's not a shame around that being accountable to somebody to get you started to help you to support you you know it's it's like you know i'm i'm not good at technology and you know if i want something done to my website i, I need to get in touch with with you know jack who 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 can do it really quickly and um and that helps me because i i can't be all things to all people 
um, in any in anything in my work or in a relationship um, and this feeling of doing everything on your own um, is quite crushing um, and, and exhausting and I, as well too absolutely exhausting yeah exhausting um, and it's exhausting thinking and looking at how life looks when there's so much to do or there's so much there that that is in front before you get to you know the kind of real the real meaning um so i'm interested to hear then about um how does it go about if someone wants to if someone gets in touch with you and to arrange a consultation to work with you what's what's the process how, how does that work i always like to speak to people um on the phone without any um without them feeling that there's any obligation to to kind of to book a session because I think it's really important that um, they feel that I'm the right fit for them and um, and and also that I can work with with the client. Um, so it's it's really it's talking first, um, just sort of establishing uh, how how and why they found me. Um, and whether they're in, you know, kind of uh, an actual sort of crisis mode right now or um, whether it's um, something that they're thinking about doing and changing. Um, maybe it's post, you know, a, um, a redundancy or um, the, the death of a loved one or um, divorce or debt. And... Um, and then I, I always go out to see um, see the person in their environment. So going to their um, their home. I mean, which is it, it it often people will cancel just before. It's that fear of opening up, being vulnerable, opening up your life, your home um, to somebody that's you know potentially going to um inspect you know the kind of the layers um so um and then that time in the house uh seeing seeing how they are in themselves you know body language tone of voice a sense of um being comfortable or uncomfortable is a real indication um, to to seeing uh, where might be the right place to start um, if if they want to start um, and get get getting started is is the is the challenge um, once um, that kind of first initial fear is overcome um it it the 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 
the beneficial feeling of uh, just just clearing one it could just be one draw honestly uh, or or one surface um, I went to a lady's house I've been going there for a couple of weeks and we've just been talking um, it's just sort of been the talking therapy side of the work and then I, I was just thinking okay we're 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 the third session now will we uh could could we consider you know um looking at an area of clutter and, and what how, how could we how could we change that and she she said oh i'm thinking maybe um you could uh, clear my desk um and i thought wow this this you know this is really something's changed something's shifted uh and um and it wasn't a very big desk and and it was categorized and 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 admin that had she she hidden away beneath other papers and unopened post and and other things that found themselves on the desk were kind of had come to the surface they were there was an order um there was paper rubbish that went out um and she she sat in the chair and she said to me i can't tell you how happy i am to see uh a clear space and and to feel that there's some some plan to my day now that you know things um i found things that were missing um i know now that i've got a an action pile um and I've, I've got stuff that can can be tossed out that's you know that's done that's finished it can it can it can be shredded and um but it took a couple of i think it took a couple of times i think to for for her in particular to trust you know to to kind of trust that that she could handle it and that that there was going to be some benefit to to you know to kind of looking instead of ignoring um you know making the change um a lot of it's about bringing things to the surface and you know a lot of people talk about procrastination and you know what that actually is um and it, it does steal your time you know put it putting things off it does steal your time and it steals your energy it definitely steals your energy because if you think about it something might only take you five minutes to do it might be one i need to change that light bulb it's only going to literally going to take me to get the yep. the ladder out and put it up i can have it done in a few minutes time yeah it could take months and you think and it's just it's there it's on your mind and it becomes a burden doesn't it and then that yep. then that becomes a block and then other things just get added on and on and on so it might have started with the light bulb but then before you know it there's 50 other things on there and you feel completely overwhelmed and it's like oh, yeah when that's a big area of clutter in um a lot of houses is unfinished projects just small like you say a couple of minutes like um 
you need to put a battery in something and you think every time you go to use that, oh, I but let's just go now and, and like, you know, get the battery out and, and put it in and it's going to work. Um, but it's what's in front of that. So I think this kind of um, habitual discipline that you have to make with yourself about your day is actually really important because if you have you have become free with your time things beforehand would need to have been put in place in order to feel that freedom for example um I have the same kind of daily ritual in order for my day not to run me and I run it. Um, so like I always do these, 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 um, I call it the daily steely. Um, and it's literally like I, I took my kind of like my surname steel and I thought that's a really strong kind of, word that that kind of means that something is like structured and and um and strong it works it holds holds something up and um i was writing just just writing my name out and i i thought okay how can i make that work for me how, what what is my sense of steel when i wake up what is going to hold me up for my day so i put down oh s is for um, swiping the surfaces in my house, you know, just quick, quick surface swipe, put stuff away, you know, um, put the hairbrush back where the hair stuff belongs. And, you know, um, so it was like, okay, S is for swiping the surfaces. And then I thought, okay, T is, I'm going to take the rubbish out because if you don't take the rubbish out, or the recycling out, you know, it builds up. And then it's like, you've just got to empty that bin. you just got to take it out. Um, then I thought, okay, what could E, what could E represent? And I thought, well, I need to always make sure the sink is empty, like the dishes washed up or the dishwasher's emptied. So that's a given that really helps the day to run smoothly. Um, e, again, um, edit my post, open the post, there's no point not opening it because it's got to be opened and it's a daily thing. Um, I've L do the laundry, put the wash on, do that laundry because if I don't do that laundry, um, it, it will then be like five or six loads to do at the weekend. Uh, when I don't want to do five or six loads. Um, and the last one was like, yay, you know, like, some some kind of yay moment a yoga pose or something just to kind of like yay you know it might be yay as in i'm just going to take a moment of my mindfulness but with those things in place with that daily ritual i don't i i then have time then to do these kind of little little jobs um like put that that light bulb change that light bulb or um 
just fix something that kind of is irritating but without those fundamental kind of daily things done those kind of daily chores um it for me it gets out of hand yeah i like them it's nice that you've you've got them as your as you say your daily rituals and what it seems to be it then gives you when you do that and because you're not letting things build up it then gives you the space to yeah. space in the mind but then space around you physically to then do the things that you want to do you don't feel burdened because like we said about the light bulb it's the same thing it just pops in your head whether it's oh, i need to empty the dishwasher i need to empty the dishwasher i need to put the rubbish out but if you just do it automatically you're yeah, not worrying about discipline. it yeah um i mean if you look at the kind of you know if you look at a, a, a buddhist monk you know we might think he's got nothing to do, but he's got a daily ritual or she as a, as a Buddhist, somebody who follows Buddhism, you know, there's a daily ritual to, to centering yourself so that you're ready um, to take on. Um, and, you know, those kind of things like are my priorities and they, they, they're gonna be very different to um to other people but i know that some of the basic kind of like daily disciplines you know like you get up you think right get in the shower wash away the energy that the stagnant energy from sleep brush your teeth wash your face have a cup of tea you're ready aren't you um and i know when i haven't done that you know and and, and i'm all for having like pajama days and things like that and you know, having that kind of real downtime. The, pro the productivity of my day is definitely different by how I approach it and by how I... I think it's like you sort of six a day, keep the clutter away, you know, kind of... You do this stuff to kind of underpin so that you're free then. And you've created the space then to do what's really important. You know, like if you've eaten your five or six or seven a day, you've had your kind of nutritional fixes, you've set yourself up um, nutritionally. You've given yourself energy to complete, you know, bigger things, you know. Um, but all of that, I think it's very hard to achieve if what's on top is very weighted and very um, dense. Um, and, and often, you know, I think I said a bit earlier on about, you know, the, the kind of physical clutter that's, that's, um, that's in the way. Um, that's a, a, a point where when you clear that, it, it mentally frees you, you know, emotional clutter and, and um, mental clutter. When, when, you, when you're not seeing the physical clutter, there's more space for you to, to look deeper into the kind of root causes. Just on that, it's interesting. It's one of the things that I wanted to talk about is what 
advice would you give or in terms of like when people have done all the decluttering, they've done it all and they've, they get energized from doing it and everything's ordered and they've got the rituals. But what about the point when maybe they're not then doing what they c- could be doing with the time? Maybe the decluttering, the cleaning becomes a little bit of an obsession and it's just, I don't know, it just goes in a bit of an endless loop. Mm. Um. I don't advise people to to become um, too fixated about keeping things um, ordered. I think I, I advise people to have a designated place for something um, and for it to be returned there. So kind of like the maintenance, the kind of when everything's in its place, how do you, how do you keep that up? I mean, people say to me, you know, the volume of, of the things that you have, the, the excess is always an indication of how hard it is to, to maintain something. So if you had four toothbrushes, and you were trying to put four toothbrushes back in the toothbrush holder and the toothbrush holder, you know, just won't take four. So therefore two have to lay down by the side of the sink. Um, It's then about examining the excess um, and, and the reasons why you, you, you feel that you may need to bulk buy um, toilet rolls, for example. Um, so the kind of, it really taps into the fears about like the feeling of lack, the, you know, the opposite to the feeling of abundance. Um, so I think if your, your volume of things that you you like and you need is of a manageable um, level when something is moved and you know um, it needs putting back if if there's not too much it will easily just kind of find its way into that drawer Um, and it doesn't mean inside that drawer everything has to be you know in this kind of like I use, I'm going to use the word OCD, but I, I don't really like that word, but it's coming to mind as, you know, you put something back and it has to be facing, facing upwards or, you know, um, so that the label is visible. And that actually is not how my house looks at all. Um, for example, you know, shoes may shoes go in the shoe cupboard but it doesn't mean that in the shoe cupboard every shoe has to be um put in a in a sort of a way which creates perfection um and i think that would be uh that would be some a thought not to be thinking about trying to create perfection in terms of managing clutter 
because um, for me, a perfect home is one that feels relaxed and, you know, not, not, not one where if one small thing is out of place, you know, there's this anxiety. Um, so I think being aware of the volume of something in particular that you keep um, and, and I mean if, if, if you're somebody that has you know lots of hobbies um, I think it's important to like say say for example a hobby then has a subscription attached to it um, uh, maybe maybe your hobby's fishing or um and and you know you subscribe to fishing magazine um having having the awareness of when you receive information that you accept that in the magazines those articles you know you've read them what you needed to know you know you've already you've already digested it, you've absorbed it. And maybe there's a few articles that, you know, you could pull out that like really, really, really important. Um, but the rest of the magazine kind of, you know, you could let go of. Um, and, and possibly, you know, just ha have one file of, of the articles that, you know, you've, you've kind of torn out that, um are things that you really want to do it might be you know a fishing location but the rest of the magazine you know kind of really is 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 not useful um so it is constantly revisiting um how you're living because um what's important is having what you want to own um, and that it has a meaning for you it's it's purposeful it has a meaning and I don't know if you've experienced living on your own and then living with somebody else and then sharing a space um, that that then becomes very very important um, just, when... on, just on that um, for my own experience um, I, often in a relationship it's one person who kind of sees this information first, maybe goes on the bit of the self-development route and they explore mm -hmm. different things. And then, for instance, decluttering, it can be quite a challenging thing. Yeah, you can sort some of your stuff out, but if there's shared things, it can be, mm -hmm. there's a bit of negotiation going there as well because it's their space as well. So it's, it's honoring that, but also realizing that you know and you feel the home will be in a better place if you start to look at it do you ever come up across yeah. maybe some of the clients where maybe the husband isn't interested but the wife wants to charge on very much so and and interestingly the expression bringing your baggage you know to a relationship is literally a physical baggage as well you know we're bringing the stuff from our previous life our previous relationship our, our childhood to a shared space and um and a level of irritation can can 
can very much be be present um i mean i'm working with a family at the moment so i'm working with um a family of conflicting um attachments and um and their own sort of personal take on you know um what belongings matter um and um it is a challenge um i think what you said about honoring um our our partner or the person we share a space with honoring their past um i mean interestingly uh women seem to hold on to more attachments um particularly in a family situation i i don't know if it's a maternal um sentimentality uh of being you know um attached to things that um the children have had and and are now grown out of um and it's that sense of the children growing up and and you know their role as a mother changing um so trying to hold on to still some of that um and it, it is a, it is a working progress um but i do like to see the whole family that i work in a home with i like to get a sense of um you know the teenage bedroom you know um the hobby room you know maybe the man shed uh the loft space um the areas which as individuals they've wanted to reclaim uh, a piece of of the house um that essentially is is for them you know um and and then it, and then i think it's really important to be aware of volume um and this kind of i mean particularly with teenagers you know they they are flooded with you need to buy this you know if you're not buying this then you're not good enough or you're missing out or you know you're not popular um and unfortunately you know we're living in a kind of a very materially kind of driven by social media and and advertising world for young people it's it's very hard you know when parents are saying you know um we can't keep up you know um and I, I i was in um a lady's house recently and there was um a huge sideboard floor to ceiling of box games and um the children have grown up uh, they're still at home but they've grown up and i said to her how do you feel about these and she said um i feel really nostalgic and i would love the teenagers to come out of their rooms and we sit down and play a box game so she felt a real sense of attachment to 
what she wanted in the family space and what was actually happening was that the teenagers were in their bedrooms with the door shut on their iPhones and they didn't want to engage. Um, you know, one of, one of the, the, the grown-up teenagers says, just get rid of them all. We don't, we don't play them, Mum. It was really difficult. Um, it was really difficult to hear. Um, so the sense of honouring, you know, the children are saying, we've grown up, They're, that's for kids. We don't want to do that stuff anymore. You know, we don't want to sit around playing box games. Um, and and mum was, was, I'd really love to have, I'd really love to have that time back. Um, so the, the successful um, scenario was, is that I, I asked them if they could each look at this huge pile and did, did one of those games evoke like a brilliant memory or, you know, a really awful one. And they, they all picked out one. So um, mum was happy with that. I wonder if they've been she, playing them again yet. Um, well, I interestingly, I did notice um, that um, the lid was off of the game Guess Who. So I don't know whether the, the, the two old grown-up um, teenagers had been playing it together. Um, I, I didn't get that far. In, uh, in asking, but I, I thought it was a sign that um, that compromising mutual space, um, but also uh, just something I've thought of is that when um, when you when you go to a house and um, there's been a breakup or a sadness around a relationship and there is no space in that house for somebody else physically to, to, to kind of be part of. It's interesting when, you know, someone says, I really want a relationship. Um, uh, but there's actually no space in the house for a relationship to fit into. So it could be in their, their actual schedule, you know, that they're so busy that, oh, you know, I, I, I don't have time to, to date or to kind of make the effort to to see somebody but also do you do you have the space in your in your in your bedroom for example for them to to to, to physically be there you know would your does your wardrobe have a space for them to hang their clothes if you know they're 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 going to be staying over or having a sleepover a couple of nights a week you know is there space in the bathroom cabinet for him or her to have their their items of toiletries you know their their sleepover stuff um and sometimes that awareness has not even you know occurred that if you want to have something into your life you need to make the space for it yeah yeah that's um it's when you put it like that as well it seems well, it's a lovely way to picture it because it, and then when people get that, maybe it's simple. When you think of it that way, 
you know, mm. when it's very, very simple and clear to think, well, of course you're not going to have space in your life for this um, new relationship or anything because there's too much stuff in the way. So, yeah. Yeah. Moving on then to, so if people are, you know, I'm sure there's plenty of people that are listening to this that have, you know, have, have read the Marie Kondo books and they follow like the guys, like the minimalist guys or mm. Josh, Joshua Becker in America, yeah. you know, these people who have kind of really carved out a great career for themselves, but because they're, you know, the of this time now where it's a real need and a necessity for people um, to, you know, to be doing this. What, what other resources maybe could you point people towards if they were either looking to get started to do some decluttering or whether, you know, they've done it for quite a bit, but maybe they need a new fresh bit of inspiration. Yeah, I think um, some of the kind of some of the kind of books that I read a long time ago, I've revisited, um, like um, E Squared by um, Pam Grout, and it's about like energy. I think it's like eight or nine energy experiments that you can do um, to kind of like make a shift um i think making a list uh, it, it, it sounds really really simple but but making a list of just some of your priorities um even if they're pipeline dreams um making a list and then also kind of creating a, a mood sort of vision board of you know hopes and plans and things that you know it could be something you've read a, a picture in a magazine or an aspiration of something and kind of like get it get it sort of in front of you so that it's maybe something that you look at each morning you know while you're waiting for the kettle to boil um so it's like reaffirming um and having kind of like a vision um which in turn creates a feeling inside of you of 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 a plan and a motivation um i belong to a uh, a place called well and not belong i i go to um a um a place called alternatives which is um a kind of a space where speakers come and and kind of um talk about stuff that's happening in the world um it's 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 of a sort of spiritual theme um but it's a really good place to to kind of open your eyes and ears up to you know what other people are doing and you know um it's very interesting um there's lots of resources that i've found that have come through going to alternatives which is on a monday night in um st james's church in piccadilly so if you're london based that's you know a great place to kind of connect with with um with different people there's always a lot of sort of sort of talks on um holistic 
approaches, um, sort of looking at the whole kind of whole self, whole mandala of of um, of where you sit and you know in your own life. Um, just that alternatives is that just London based or is it go beyond that? It's just London based, as far as I'm aware. But they do have um, apart from the Monday night talks, they have. Um, they advertise on their uh, website different workshops um, in and around the country. And, and it's an international organisation. So they have speakers come from from all over the world. Um, and sometimes they run um, courses in, in other places apart from in London. Uh, That's good to know. That yeah. Sounds, that sounds interesting. And what about for people who would actually want to, you know, are really fascinated with decluttering, maybe they've seen the benefits massively in their life and then they want to step up and maybe become, you know, do it professionally in some way, like what you're doing. Mm-hmm. How, how would someone go about that? Yeah, there's um, so there's a really um, a fantastic uh, organisation, which I'm an accredited member of. It's a pdo apdo association of professional declutterers and organizers and it the the membership has increased hugely um in the last couple of years um uh since the um emergence of marie kondo um and and there's certainly a place for um consultants of the Marie Kondo technique um there is also um a a controversy uh for amongst some of the members of APDO who um are working uh specifically with people with hoarding behaviors because of the kind of um the the ignoring of kind of the emotional and the mental um attachment to clutter so you know there's there's that the Marie Kondo um way of organizing um I can really um relate to to some of the some of the aspects which um she's really brought to the the kind of forefront and people saying, you know, some time ago, is there any such thing as um as a declutterer? You know, is that an actual job? Um, and APDO, I think we're three hundred members or maybe more now strong, and um, so so finding the APDO website and then um, being able to um, train as the professional organizer, um, there is. Um, workshops and training I think they're one and two days um, and they are actually um, running different parts of the country I think there was one in Birmingham um, in March and then I think there was one in Manchester in June and um, so and also for people that are interested they can go on to to APDO and they can um, uh, they can look up a personal organiser in the area. Um, they can um, have a uh, a mentoring call. Um, there's a couple of members that offer mentoring calls. Um, 
like you know do do you think this is something that you might want to do and um what's been your experience to, uh, so far um of, of of your own clutter maybe your own personal sort of journey with clutter um i my 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 kind of future sort of vision for my own work is that i would really um like to have um create a charity that's linked to um to the clutter that my clients are, are really happy to to let go of and donate so i'd like a a charity um that the donations were specifically helping people with um men mental health issues um I'd, I'd probably say that i would would like to to help maybe younger younger people um you know people maybe sort of like sort of 16 to 25 year old um young person who's um um kind of maybe struggling with with um with where to go next and you know maybe maybe getting a kind of like a, a, an organized sort of plan of their life um in place um so i think a charity for me would be um would be one of my future plans i a pipeline dream has been i've been trying to to get a book together for um a really long time i have got so much information to go in it um but 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 i'm not a writer um so um i was almost there um in terms of of signing up a a book agent um but it didn't quite happen so i would, i personally would would really like um to have some kind of support and help to 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 get that into print and to get that published um uh and also to complete my training um i think that you know completing the the kind of psychology behind clutter it, it's almost like clutterology you know it's it's very much the psychology behind clutter um is really the the root cause of of kind of shifting that shifting that energy shifting that clutter yeah well that sounds that sounds really fascinating you know, you've got a book in the works and you sound like you've got a really full life but a full life in you know one that is you know it's feeding your soul it's not feeling like mm. you're being pulled in one direction you're not feeling like it's out of control and you're just keeping up with the joneses instead you're carving out your own life because something that feels you know right for you and um, so it's been really nice to hear your story because you know oh, at, at first, you. i first came across it in that article that i think you mentioned at the beginning and you know you had this lovely home and this life that well from the outside it appeared to like everything was together and you've been able to you know get to the root store, root cause of things and to unpick it and then to shape a life that is you know as rich for you so it's been really nice chatting to you i'd just like to finish maybe just with one last question is which i like to ask 
all my guests. So, you know, this podcast is all about sharing what good people are doing. And I definitely believe that you're doing some real good out there to helping people to let go of a lot of stuff they've been holding on to physically and emotionally. Uh, but what advice would you give to someone who is looking to go out there and do their own bit of good in the world? I think you have to know yourself. I think it's about really trying to be transparent with yourself and find your truth and and tick your own boxes um, and find out what is your what in you do you think that you can naturally give um, that that stays true to yourself um, but is 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 aligned with your you know your your true values I think making your your environment as clear as you can so that you that you've got the ability to have clarity about what your mission is you know what is your purpose what is your mission so removing the kind of distractions um and the obligations and the commitments and the I have to do this. I mean, one of the things which a book that I recently came across of, which I, I would really recommend everybody <laughs> having a read of is um, it's called why love matters. And um, it's by a lady. Um, the author is, is Sue, Sue Gerhardt. Um, and, and, and it, and it, it really it is a good example of, you know, why does love matter? You know, when we love doing something, what, what, what comes of that? And how do we transmit that into um, what we do in terms of our work and our relationships and, um, and, and getting that out to, 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 the, to the world? Um, the, the turning your kind of passion into, into profit is when there's a fair exchange between what you've got to give and um, and how you can reach out and, and how that can be received. Um, yeah, that would be my, my kind of spiritual advice. That sounds amazing. That's good advice for me as well. Um, and I'm sure it is for other people listening to it. Um, so how can people connect with you? What's the best way if either they want to just check out more of what you're doing or potentially they want to have you on as a uh, decluttering consultant for them? Yeah, thank you for asking that, Rob. Um, I'm, um, so I have a website. It's um, www.uncluttyourlife.co.uk. Um there is um, there's free resources on there and inspirations. Um, you can um, read about my um, media coverage, and um, you can um, set up a telephone consultation, and um, you can um, my phone numbers on there. Um, you can directly book an appointment. Um, with me on um, there's a link there for um, a piece of software called Setmore, which is just setting up appointments. So it's is accessible in terms of um, you know if it's midnight and um, you get a, a, a feeling of you know I just want to kind of 
I've made the decision that I want, I want to do something, you know, you can, you can log on, um, you can, there's a calendar, you can book an appointment to either see me in person or speak to me on the phone. That sounds great. And I am a member of APDO, APDO, I'm an accredited member of those, that those people who like me, um, we're all members of an accredited organisation to help. Brilliant. Well, that seems like a great way to wrap up. I've really enjoyed talking to you today and oh, hearing about same. it all. It's been really, yeah, this is something that I'm very passionate about and I'm sure plenty of our listeners will, uh, will enjoy it as well. So thank you. There we have it, guys. There's today's episode wrapped up with Julianne. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did. It certainly inspired me to um, declutter um a bit more even though i've done it many times but it can still kind of like build up and and it, what really helped me actually it helped me to finish off a few projects which i had been meaning to do a few house chores a few different things that i'd sort of started and i just left to one side but even though you know it's been playing on my mind so thank you julianne for that and for um and hopefully inspiring many people in there check out the show notes guys all the book recommendations that julianne spoke about are in there on the website so yeah until next time have a good one Mm -hmm.